Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Dear Writer. Today we are up to episode 40 and we are talking all about self-publishing today and what our experience has been of that. So welcome back to any returning listeners and to any new listeners we might have. Hi. We should get on with our writing update. So how has your writing been going, Ashley? Writing for me this month has been a little bit slower. So I finished the chapter that I had been working on last time and I'm about 1700 words through my next chapter which is going a lot better well I think it's better anyways the chapter quality because you know last time I talked about how I was having a lot of trouble and this time it seems to be more me so hopefully that's okay and actually speaking of that when I was looking for uh, getting the mistakes of the month I had turned my Grammarly on and I think this might be a trend so we'll see how it goes so I turned Grammarly on and I went over my current chapter which only had three mistakes in 1700 words and I was like out of curiosity I opened my old chapter with it and it had 127 it was quite riddled I wasn't gonna say anything so I found that hilarious and I I was like maybe that was just sort of a reflection of my mental state at the time likely because even reading it through I started reading I was like oh my gosh there's so many mistakes how did I miss them all last time (laughs) so that's okay Like, I think you're probably more prone to doing mistakes in the first draft, but I just, like, I don't, I don't bring them up in our mistakes of the month because I feel like they might just be picking on you. Ah, it's okay. I make a lot of mistakes. You know, like, it's the process of, like, the way people work. Like, I, I mean, at the moment I've been going so slow that it would be strange for me not to notice as I'm writing. (laughs) I did so, find a funny one in yours where you called as many as she. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there's the odd one that I miss. And even though like I go over it and I'll be like, yeah, it's free from mistakes. Like I know in reality, it probably is. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think there's some correlation between me struggling to write and mistake number. But. Yes, and I, that's probably with everyone too, because then you you know you get stuck in the middle of a sentence, and then you like start mm-hmm. off a thought and it doesn't <laughs> match what you had before. And yeah. yeah. Anyway, so my current chapter though, it's been a little bit tough because it comes after the one that Sarah's writing, so I have started halfway through. So I'm writing the second half of it, and I'll fill in the beginning once I get her chapter. So it's a little bit, I don't know. A bit difficult, let's go with that, just because I'm not sure exactly how hers is going to be. <laughs> but we'll see. I think it's going okay in the end. Well, the second half is going okay. Sarah is not sure of exactly how hers <laughs> is going to be either. <laughs> Speaking of that, how is your writing going? It has ground. As I mentioned last week in the Talking Shop episode, <laughs> it's ground basically to a halt at the moment, just as so... For nursing registration, basically you have to do like an, a self-assessment and peer feedback and talk with your manager and like create goals and those types of things for every year when you renew your registration and that is coming up. And because that I started 
not super long ago, I haven't had the whole year to think right. about like self-assessment and things. So I've been like hurriedly filling out a full self-assessment. Oh no. And like, you know, this is a document that's like, it's probably about 15 pages long. I don't know that everyone necessarily does it this way because the outline like is kind of loose as to what you have to do. But I was like, well, I'm just going to cover my ass and do the work, put it in the self-assessment. And then, you know, if I get audited, then I can be like, here it is. I'd rather do it now and not worry about it then. Yeah. You know, so I've been working on getting that done because that's obviously first priority being my For painting, sure. painting job. <laughs> and yes, absolutely. doing that out of work hours is, you know, it just takes up time. But then also just life going on. <laughs> totally get that. So I've had very little time. I did sit down just yesterday and start writing for what feels like the first time in forever. How did it go? It actually went okay. I didn't feel stuck, which That's was good. good. So I feel like it's more of a lack of time than yeah. me being like at a writing block or something. Yeah. You know? Well, that's good. So hopefully when I actually have time, which should be getting easier, not this coming week, but the week after that, because mm-hmm. I finally dropped my orientation full-time hours down to my contracted 0.5 FTE. Oh, so yeah. I'm going to have That's much good. more time on my hands. More time. So I'd also mention we got our edits back for when the rain falls from our editor. So I'll also have that to do from yes. now, which will be good. Looking forward to that. Right. We should probably move on to the main discussion because I feel like this is going to be one of those ones where we keep talking and talking and talking like the last one and need to <laughs> cut ourselves off. So today, uh, as Sarah said in the introduction, we're going to be talking about self-publishing and our road so far with that. Again, I'll just put a disclaimer that we're what we're going to talk about today is just our opinion and our experience. So you may have had different experiences in your self-publishing journey and I and that's great. So yeah, just thought I'd put that out there. I'd also thought I'd say that last time, in case you missed it, we talked about our traditional publishing journey. Well, our attempts to be traditionally published, uh, how that went, how we felt about it, uh, and all sort of the ins and outs of that process. So if that's something you're interested in listening to, uh, you can go back and check out uh, episode 36. Anyways, as I said today, we're going to be talking about self-publishing, uh, the benefits and our reasons for deciding to go down that path with our uh, first book, When the Rain Falls, and also the rest of that series. I thought the best place to start would be talking about benefits and why someone might choose the self-publishing route. Do you want to start us off, Sarah? Sure. So when I think about self-publishing, the biggest thing that I think is author control. So, you know, when you're Traditionally publishing, you license out your rights to the publisher and they alone sort of have control over how the book gets published, um, depending on what your contract is. And certain if if you're unless you're quite savvy, you can fall into certain traps with that. And sometimes it can even be things like a lot of it's quite standard for the publishing world, but it can still make things a little bit tricky. For example, a lot of publishing companies will set terms around the marketing that you yourself can do as an author. And while there are benefits 
to traditional publishing for marketing, there's also limitations around it because if even if you want to put your best foot forward and want to market the book, unless you get permission from the publishers, then you cannot necessarily go out and start shouting your book from the rooftops without their explicit permission. So that can be prohibitive. And they also, you know, like have control of the price. So if they've priced your book too high, then you're probably not even going to get a foot in the marketplace to begin with. You'd hope that they wouldn't, but that's not necessarily always true. <laughs> yep. Again, if they have rights for multiple territories, just having those rights doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to publish your book in multiple territories. So then that also becomes prohibitive to reaching a wider audience. And same goes for format. So even if you've licensed your audio rights, for example, to have the book made into an audio book, that doesn't necessarily mean that the publishers are going to go ahead and create an audio book. And so those types of things can really restrict you and your reach as an author. So some people were attracted to self-publishing because of that aspect of it. It also, if your book is of good value and if you've written it well, and if you put in the marketing effort, it likely could do better over long term than what it could do like for an advance over a short term with a publisher. Um, so a lot of people are getting a bit more financially savvy these days going, well, I don't have to give a cut to the publisher. I don't have to give a cut to an agent. So even if I'm selling at like a reduced price, then I'm still going to be making more over the long term, not necessarily the short term. But over the long term, I'm going to reap more benefits from self-publishing. So that, I think, is another big reason for self-publishing. So I was going to go back to your author control section. Sorry, I was just like zoned out momentarily. I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, also, it's probably good in terms of creative control as well as, you know, control of your rights and uh, marketing and all of that. Because you're in traditional publishing, they're going to do the cover, they're going to write your blurb, they're going to give you an editor that you will have to follow what they say mostly. And at least through the self-publishing route, you get to choose your cover designer, you get to okay the cover, you get to even though it is a bit difficult, as we'll get to later, you get to write your blurb and all of that. So you have a lot more control of what the final product looks like. You even get to choose your title because I know sometimes publishers will change your title if they don't like it, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot more control in that aspect as well, which I think a lot of attracts a lot of people too. Yeah, definitely. And even talking about that, I remember MH Woodscourt saying that she was so excited to be able to audition people for the audiobook and I thought that was kind of cool something that I hadn't really thought about is oh yeah you know if you're doing an audiobook you actually get to choose like the voice mm. yeah and the way it's gonna sound to people which is kind of cool yeah did you have anything to add to the benefits of self-publishing yeah so I thought it was also quite good if because the chances of uh, being able to traditionally publish your book are quite slim so self-publishing offers a way for authors to get their names out there 
you know, even if it's your first book, you can still publish it if you want. You can get a following rather than sitting around trying to get it traditionally published and then just leaving your manuscript in a drawer or whatever happens in that route. So from that respect, I think it's quite beneficial. Another benefit, though it depends who you are, I guess, is I think self-publishing can be a faster route to getting your book out rather than traditionally publishing, as we kind of know from how long it takes to query agents and query publishers, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, definitely. So I think once we, obviously, when the rainfalls has taken a while because of that, but for the subsequent books, it'll be a lot quicker the process from finishing to getting it out there because mm-hmm. from what I've heard traditional publishing can take a while yes even once you have your publisher or whoever did I have anything else uh I did put a sort of a more emotional one in there a lot of people don't like rejection so querying and the thought of querying publishers and agents can be daunting and obviously that you'll likely get a lot more rejections than you will people who want to represent your book or publish your book so I think there's a lesser emotional toll from that respect if that's something that you know makes you a bit nervous I think that's good as well I'm just gonna add one more thing which has just occurred to me as well is that (laughs) if you've self-published your book you also have the opportunity to make revisions to that work more easily than if you'd traditionally published so you know if there's good point yeah if you note an issue with it or or there's something that you need improved then you can go ahead and make that change rather than just leaving the book out there and maybe it not making the best go of it because you haven't been able to revise it or your Mm -hmm. traditional publisher decided that they'd rather not go ahead and do a revision or something. So I think that could also be a benefit. Our previous author, Spotlight, CM Healy, talked about being able to do that and the benefits (laughs) of being able to edit his book uh, when readers sent in issues, spelling mistakes or whatever it was. So that's quite cool. It's definitely definitely a plus because I'm sure there are going to be mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. Even though it's been combed through many times. (laughs) I mean, it can be, it may cost money, like depending on where you are making the revision. Like I know Ingram Spark, for example, to make revisions, I think you do have to pay a fee, but it's much easier to pay that small fee than have, you know, an entire, you know, go through the entire process of re-editing with your editor and yeah. Yeah, like you would in a traditionally published book or, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're very coherent today. So with uh, having covered all, well, the benefits that we see uh, for self-publishing, it's probably also uh, good for us to talk about some of the drawbacks as well before we get into uh, why we chose to pursue self-publishing and then a bit slash a lot about the process that we've been through thus far. So what, what sort of drawbacks did you see with the self-publishing process? Well, I think the clue to this is in the self part of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Where even though like you can do really well through self-publishing, if you don't have the skills or the knowledge or, you know, the resources or the finances to be able to market it successfully or edit your book or you know create a good cover or any of that then you probably aren't going to reach as many people as what 
you would hope so like you don't have that same financial backing as what you would if you were doing traditional publishing so that does become a hurdle and it's not an insurmountable hurdle but it certainly makes potentially your improvement a bit slower and your I guess if you know you're trying to get the most out of selling it then you you maybe might not sell as many copies because it needs a bit more polishing or something like that so I think that is probably one of the the bigger drawbacks and I'd say one of the biggest drawbacks like yeah the financial side of it as well like with I've heard people be like oh I don't have money to invest in an editor which I can understand 100% and I totally sympathize with that because it's not easy to come up with money for something that at the present moment you might perceive as more of a hobby and yeah and you don't know how well it's going to do either yeah exactly like trying to formulate a business plan for how well your book is like it's just ridiculous like (laughs) well maybe I have no idea how many copies I'm going to sell maybe if I sell this much we might make this much but like who really has any was, idea with that, that first was me. book that was me at the <laughs> bank meeting trying to open a business account oh my gosh she was like and we'll talk about your business plan and I was like mm, yes the business plan <laughs> <laughs> the plan sell as much as possible yeah that was pretty much what I said and then she's like we need numbers I was like oh okay um sure this many copies at this much over this length of time she's like, it will do I'm like okay because the thing is, you can make a business plan or, and I'm, I'm 100% for making business plans. Sure. But you have no idea at the outset how the heck it's going to do and how much money you're going to need to sink into it before it starts actually doing something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. So it's really tricky. And I think, honestly, that's going to be have to be something that we like feel out, like, you know, input a bit of our own funds and kind of feel it out as we go as mm-hmm. to and then we'll have a much better idea for the next book. yeah but at the start it's like anyone's guess how long is a piece of string <laughs> but yeah and saying all of that I feel like as much as I hate to say it I feel like if you don't have your book edited by someone with some level of experience they don't miss well it would it's ideal for them to be professionals <laughs> Yeah, but even just someone else reading it can help pick up so many errors. So many errors. Yeah, I I feel like if if you don't go through this process of doing it, then that can be really prohibitive for self-publishing in terms of reaching your audience and retaining your audience. Yeah, because if you reach them, you want to have given them a really high quality product. You want them to stay and read the next one. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't want them to go, um, well, this author's got promise. Maybe I'll check them out in 10 years because that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. They'll forget about you. And then stigma. So yeah, I've heard, and we've said this before, is that we know that there are people out there who will not read a book simply by the fact it's been self-published because they're like, yeah. no, the traditional publishers are gatekeepers. They're gatekeepers for a reason. If your book hasn't been traditionally published, then you're not a good writer, which is all these things are entirely untrue. But because that exists, it it makes it more difficult. It does make it more difficult. It honestly really <laughs> irks me and angers me when people act like that. I'm like, seriously, guys, like just because you've read 
a couple of crappy self-published books does not mean that all self-published books are terrible, nor that all traditionally published books are amazing, because I have read a fair amount of traditionally published books that are absolute shit, let's be real. <laughs> and I'll yeah. be like, how did this even make it through like through an agent? And some of it's down to who you know. So yeah. let's just put that out there. But there does exist a stigma and because of that it does make it sometimes harder and put people off self-publishing yeah I think those are like my my main things what would you have to add to that Uh, you covered most of them but I definitely agree that the cost of self-publishing can be what was probably the biggest hurdle, especially when you want a really professionally, you want a professionally looking product that when someone looks at it, they can't tell it's been self-published. And to get to that high quality, it does require a lot of investment, one of funds, but also of time and effort. And a lot of people don't have like I'm, that much time either. We're struggling to find time at the moment. It's yeah. And there's two of us. Huge challenge. And there's two of us. So it's really the requirement of you is a lot. And for some people that might be too much. Like if you've got a full-time job and kids and everything, even if your finances are tight or not tight, just the act of having to do that all on your own can be too much, which I totally understand. And also with that, because you're having to input your own time and your own money, there's a lot more risk, I think, associated with it for you. Like if you put in all this money and you can't sell any copies of your book, that's a lot of sunk costs. And I think that can be a bit daunting as well for some people. Mm -hmm. Whereas at least with a traditionally published book, you are given your advance. And I guess if they don't sell any, then, well, you still had that advance and that's that. I was also going to say that costs for marketing which is something that we still have yet to face but so (laughs) I mean it's one thing getting the book out there and then another to face the marketplace and like provide money for ads and to get your book going at a at a level that people can actually stumble across it and find it in the first place yeah so that's probably one of the the bigger things as well is that there's it's not even just one sort of lot of costs it's an ongoing cost Mm -hmm. yeah and you have to hope that if you especially with that first one I guess it gets easier the more you do because you've got more revenue coming in but with that first one it's like as we said you know finding the bar of how much do I have to put into this before I actually see some money coming back (laughs) yeah for sure another thing I'll add is we talked about this with traditionally publishing but I'll mention it again here that there's different prizes and acclaim and all sorts of things that go along with self-publishing versus traditional publishing Uh, so that's something to be aware of as well you might not qualify yeah not for the for some of them like you qualify for other ones like indie author awards and stuff like that is just what your goals are that kind of fuels the stigma towards it though unfortunately well (laughs) it's like you don't fit into this category so we'll put you in the indie category i think that's because i mean again the traditional world has made themselves the gatekeepers and they don't want Mm -hmm. to give up that position of power so then it's created these two very individual pathways that don't cross very well like we were saying last time And so although it doesn't mean that one way is better than another, some people view it that way because that they've been so separated by these conflicting views and values of people in the industry. So. (laughs) 
That sounded heavy. (laughs) (laughs) I know, very heavy. So now that we've gone over some general benefits and drawbacks, I thought we could talk about why we chose to pursue uh, self-publishing for when the rain falls. So yeah, do you want to lead off, Sarah? Yeah, so I think partly because, you know, we had already tried traditional, so it wasn't, I mean, I feel like a lot of people fall into self-publishing this way. They're like, well, it didn't get noticed by any agents or anything like that, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it myself, um, which I think is totally fine. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of one of the reasons why we did it. But then it's kind of like what I said before, I believe it can actually be more sustainable long-term but I do think there's a huge learning curve that goes with it and <laughs> yeah. that we we aren't going to magically explode on the marketplace either. So it's going to take some time and be a slower burn, but I feel <laughs> yeah. like it's going to be the best choice in the long term. I think so, especially specifically for that series. <laughs> yeah, and I, I really like the control of it as well. I am a bit of a control freak to be fair. <laughs> Like I've heard many stories about, yeah, like I said about traditionally published authors being locked into contracts and then sometimes the publishers end up closing and then they can't get there. Even with the termination of if they haven't had someone go through that contract, sometimes they can end up not necessarily getting the license of their rights back and then being stuck because they're not producing the book anymore. And that's really sad for those authors because, you know, they've created something that they can't now use. Yeah. And yeah, we talked about it being priced badly and not being able to help as much as you'd like with the marketing and just being generally restricted, which, yeah. Yeah. I remember we looked at a hybrid um, deal at, well, in, in terms of hybrid, I mean like a one where you pay like a little bit of money and then they will publish the book and, and things. And I mean, one, we didn't really believe that you should really be paying any money unless, yeah. well, I mean, it, it does cost money to, as we've discussed, self-publish your book. But then if you're paying like a certain amount, then you may as well do it yourself so that you can have more control rather than For this sure. was like paying money and not they have kind of having, control of it yeah good con- like we looked through the contract out of interest because we were like well let's just see the contract because we've never seen a book contract before yeah. let's just take the opportunity and see what it says and yeah what really struck me was the about the marketing and it's like okay so even if we wanted to approach like a distributor like a, a bookstore or something to try and get them to purchase our book we would have to go through the publisher to be able to have that happen which to me I was like well that's a bit like stupid isn't like yeah you know why would these publishers not want you to market your own book and make them more money I don't know but for some reason (laughs) they have these things in the contract that stop you from doing it and I'm like okay well great but I don't think that makes any sense so no thank you (laughs) you have to like look quite finely into these I've gotten quite good actually at like looking over contracts and stuff (laughs) oh dear anyways what were your reasons Ashley very similar to yours one the unsuccessful attempts to 
get into the or get through the door into the traditional publishing but that wasn't even I don't know like I didn't have big expectations on that in the first place and I felt like the quality of our book was quite good we've had good feedback from beta readers and things so I feel like it's a book we want out there and I don't want it to sit in a drawer forever because I feel like it needs to be shared now. <laughs> yeah, it's getting to um, that point where it's been a very long time. <laughs> I know. So I think self-publishing just made sense, especially with it being so much more accessible than it used to be way back in the day. Yeah. So that has, I think, quite a strong influence on, well, at least my decision and our decision, because uh, if it was like how it used to be where you pretty much have to like invest quite a lot of money just to get it like, yeah. literally printed. I don't feel get... like I'd be keen to do like a mass no. scale like print run. No, at least at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that like before that was the actual accessibility of self-publishing and everything you have to go through to get it done and the fact that you had to do massive print runs and whatever else was a barrier to accessing it but now things have become a lot easier especially with Amazon, Ingram Spark, all of these platforms it just makes it so much easier to get your book out there which I think made the choice less difficult let's go with that yeah okay so with that out of the way I think so the next part I thought we could talk about what we've done so far, broadly speaking, to get our book ready for self-publishing so that we could start pretty much go through the process of, you know, the beta readers, the editing, all the drafts, and then cover designers. And because there's two of us, there's the whole money side. So like companies, contracts, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so maybe if you're thinking about self-publishing, maybe you'll learn something from our experience so far to get to where we are now so maybe we should start with sort of the editing and preparing the manuscript process it's probably the easiest place yeah it's a lot of effort so you know as people know from our process we went through several edits and ourselves so several is a low sounding number <laughs> several yeah many many edits I think maybe if we go like our first beta read through yeah maybe if we kind of start there because we we did actually did like the majority of the edits then I went through it like once or something and then we sent it to the beta readers two two, two beta readers and they had a lot of comments they did have a lot of comments they three beta readers sorry comments <laughs> three beta readers we had James one of the my rangers and then her mother who is a manuscript editor for like not for books uh, but for non-fiction stuff yeah and I remember that before we had done this within our edits we had decided to take out the viewpoint of one of the characters yes and then when we got it back they were like why haven't we heard from this person oh, now it looks like her thoughts are missing. We've left like a big hole where she used to be. So then we had to add her back in. Yes. Although to be fair, when we added her back in, we added her in with more purpose. Yes, we did. And we realized, I think the comments helped us to realize what her purpose was as well. Yes. So that was interesting. But so then we did more edits and then sent it to the beta readers again. Yes. (laughs) They were now happy with it. (laughs) <laughs> yep and then we read it through and then we were like mm, I'm not sure we like the motivations of the protagonist <laughs> so then we had to change the protagonist motivations which changed a good portion of the book and we also changed the start of the book yep so those were all the edits that we did and then which kind of takes us round to sort of most actual editing <laughs> the actual like 
getting close to like the actual sending it to Mel, um, Ashley's yep. sister, or Dr. Melody Lindsay, who we've had on the show before. Yes. And she is a professional um, editor and proofreader. So we sent it to her to work through. And she has yes. just recently come back. But in the meantime, <laughs> we're also preparing other aspects for self-publishing. Yes. Sarah has been doing the, well, one, there's a the whole internal form. Uh, interior format. Interior. Interior. Oh my gosh, I can't speak this morning. <laughs> Okay. interior formatting and the um front matter and back, back matter, matter. <laughs> it sounds like sounds like a confused chemistry term because <laughs> it's like dark matter um anyways the front matter and the back matter as well yeah so for that I've been using Scrivener so even though we didn't have we, we still don't have the final completed file I kind of wanted to get a a feel for the software and then B kind of have it like done up so that all I have to basically do is copy and paste the sections that we've changed into the, into the file. And then, you know, it's going to be a lot faster when we actually have the completed file. So, (laughs) you know, I've been experimenting around playing with like the ebook formatting and playing with, the print PDF formatting and exploring both KDP and Ingram Sparks specific requirements for the interior formatting that you have to pick a, a trim size for the print. And then from that, you also have to like choose all your margins. Um, you have to choose your typeface. You have to choose whether you want a different typeface for like the, um, you know, how you have like the, I mean, obviously the page numbers, but then at the top, it'll have like the author name and then the book name. And there has been specific issues that have cropped up from time to time. One of the main ones was forgetting about working out what size font we want to use and what type of font and which I'd like send messages through to Ashley. And mainly it's like, I think we should use like this font because it looks clear it's easy to read da da da, da and actually be like yeah <laughs> like I My think favorite. we should use 10 or 11 10 or 11 or 10 or 10 and then I'm like going through books going hmm. <laughs> and then I was like interestingly I thought young adult books would be more trending towards 11 font but actually <laughs> Harry Potter is written in a size 10 font how interesting <laughs> my favorite part was when we started measuring books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trying to pick de- a trim size. Yeah. We couldn't decide what s- physical size book we wanted. So we were just like going to our bookshelves. Now I'd be like, mm, this Peter May book is this size. John Marsden's um, Tomorrow When the War Began is this size. Oh, it's a quarter of an inch difference between the two. Which, which one should we go with? <laughs> which one looks standard? I don't know. I feel like when when we eventually came up with the size, when I when I looked at like you know we also did a lot of research. What is the best size for? And I feel like we did end up choosing the best size for our book. But it's just the details is just so intricate. But then aside from all that, there's also like formatting issues that we work through. Like we don't want, for example, our character names in the contents 
because then it's going to give away if like one character dies and then suddenly their name isn't there <laughs> yeah. or some character you know befalls some terrible situation and they might die then it kind of takes away from the mystery of it so yeah. I had to work out how to separate that because I still wanted the characters names to show at the top of every chapter because obviously you have to have that but then not to have them not show in the contents <laughs> it was ridiculous those annoying like, workarounds some of those things where you feel like there should just be a click on click off button well I feel like, like so I don't know how people have found like Scrivener but so there's also um what's the other one it starts with a v <laughs> people be like I know what she's talking about vellum <laughs> vellum so vellum is a lot more intuitive to use but it also costs a lot more right and so we already had Scrivener so I was like yeah I'm gonna work this out and I'm fairly good with programs and stuff and it, I did work it out in the end but you had to like you had to group the chapters like differently like I had to create like an there might be enough way to do this but my workaround was to create like a new folder within the folder and then uh, to like give them different like because you can group them under like chapter heading or chapter or scene and like you can basically give them like assign them different groups so I had to assign like the character um, chapter title and then the chapter itself like a different group right I think there is a different way to do it but and I probably no, did the most complex it way <laughs> because I refuse to read manuals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when I was trying to research it, I couldn't find any answers on the internet. So I was like, this is just the way that I'm going to do it. And it's worked. So as long as it works, it's fine. Wasn't the problem with the um, print file, obviously, because you don't have like the contents the same as you do in the ebook. <laughs> yeah. But then it, it was like a similar thing when I with the most recent one which are formatted putting parts into it because darkness centers free is going to have parts so. yes that's very <laughs> exciting was so i talking about the parts i'm just randomly gonna go off track i put in like the new pages into the like manuscript for the parts and they are in the most dramatic places which is very exciting <laughs> i was like sending sarah like the last sentence and then like the part two and you're like oh <laughs> yes how exciting they, they are at good points because we didn't originally decide that yeah but anyways um so that was the <laughs> interior formatting which you can pay to have people do the interior formatting and often it comes as like you can pay for like packages for the cover package and interior formatting to be done at the same time but because it, it drives the price up substantially if you do that, that wasn't something that we really considered at all. And I, f I think that we can give a pretty professional product um, doing it ourselves. So, so hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, oh yeah, we said there was the front matter and the back matter, which hasn't been too hard. I found writing the acknowledgements and things a bit challenging. It's just not a thing. I'm not that kind of person. Yeah. And I don't think every indie author really necessarily does this. Um, mm -hmm. But what I did, because that for us, it's really important to us that it looks almost identical in terms of quality to a traditionally published book. I went through and was like, okay, what does every traditionally published book have? It has like a dedication at the start. I was like, okay, it's got this blank page before it starts on this <laughs> side and whatever, you know, like, and then 
I went through to like the back matter and it's like, okay, so you have the acknowledgements, you have, if it's not on the reverse of the book, then you usually have a bit about the author and you also have a like coming soon or like <laughs> yeah. maybe promoing your like next um, installment of the yeah. series. So we had to work all that stuff in as well. And I highly recommend doing that if you are planning on doing your own interior formatting and well, even if you're not like as a self-publishing author, you should be preparing these things as your dedication, your acknowledgements about the author, potentially a blurb for your next one. And in the ebook as well, like I had to work out how to create a link, which really wasn't hard, but for some reason I worked it up in my head that it was going to be challenging to create a link at the back of the ebook to like a mailing list, which it's, it's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> funny i just like to point out and shout out people who write blurbs really easily because writing a blurb is really difficult actually did an amazing job of it though i feel like you've done a great job it took a long time it didn't feel like a long time because you like basically fired it back like after i sent a terrible blurb ashley fired it back and was like i've improved the blurb what do you think and i'm like yep that's amazing. It's <laughs> doing a column in the lab and had my notebook out and was just scribbling stuff down. And then I'd be like to my lab mates, how does this sound? And I'm like, no, okay, I'll try again. <laughs> but it's, it's not easy. We had to write a blurb for the blurb for our yeah, website. Yeah, we did. Because <laughs> <laughs> we realized that you had to like, because we've got the homepage on the website and then eventually that home page with the coming soon will link to like an actual page for the book but so you didn't want to put the same blurb in that home page and then have like find out more go to the book page and then have the same blurb so then we had to write two blurbs yes if that makes and like sense. increasing levels of uh specificity as well so like the yes. first one's like <laughs> more generalized <laughs> yeah also so many uh, blurbs and the tagline oh my gosh how many <laughs> almost forgot when the rain falls tagline was really hard the other ones were super easy mm-hmm. but that one was ridiculous <laughs> the list that we had going was incredible like pages and pages of potential <laughs> ones where they're all like fine it's again when it's just fine but not quite right yeah <laughs> oh it needs to be better okay. we got there in the end <laughs> and so the next thing was finding a cover designer. Also challenging. It was similar to like trying to find agents where we like kind of <laughs> found batches of them and then was like, which ones do you like out of this batch? Which ones do you like out of this batch? Yeah. And then once we had narrowed it down and been like, mm, no, we don't like this one. We don't like this one for whatever reason. Like they went gelling with both of us. A lot of it was style. I was like, mm, I just, the style's not vibing with me mm, today. And, and so, you know, we eventually came up with a narrower list of the ones that we both were like, yeah, we find these ones okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not still 100% sure. And then from that, we were then able to rank them. Rank them. And we're like, oh, in case they're, well, because you don't know if they're going to be too busy or maybe they're not taking any new projects on. You never know. I feel like we chose a good cover designer. We probably can shout out to him because I'm sure he would love us too. So the cover designer that we're using is Lance Buckley. LanceBuckley.com. For us, we it was really important that our cover looks, well, 
indistinguishable from a traditionally published book. So we were, you know, fairly choosy, I think, at who we wanted. Um, but his stuff looks amazing. So yeah, we're very I'm excited. So excited. He does take a, a little bit longer than some designers. So, you know, you have to also factor in the time that you're willing to wait for a cover. We were kind of like, well, we're happy to wait for like a really beautiful looking cover. So Mm -hmm. it's taking him 12 weeks, I think. So we still haven't seen our cover yet. No, we haven't. We're very excited though. And we also got to, well, at least with Lamp, we could be as, give him as much creative control as we wanted to give him. And given Sarah and I are not particularly savvy in that area, we pretty much sent him covers that we liked from other books and we're like go <laughs> go, go. Yes. sent him like the blurb sent him the synopsis and was like go <laughs> see what you come up with yeah so it'll be um, interesting it will be especially because it's a series as well so they'll end up being linked somehow mm-hmm. cover wise so that'll be interesting to see what he's thinking in that respect because i not good at that all I think of it's different colors <laughs> yeah uh, I feel like you can carry on like elements through mm. as well though but it'll be interesting to see like what elements and I feel like it's it's kind of cool seeing someone else's like creative vision of your project too so I'm quite excited to see how he interprets all the information <laughs> yes <laughs> which I know sounds risky but I'm quite open to like people's creative interpretation so we allowed him quite a bit of flexibility yeah Um, whereas we could have been like "Mm, no we really want you to include this 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 and he would have stuck to that but we were like be free i think (laughs) i think our only pretty much constraint was if there's figures on it they need to be teenagers which i think is obvious pretty fiction (laughs) pretty clear considering it's young adult (laughs) fiction was that it oh and oh we wanted to, to reflect the sort of the weather aspect yeah and the fact that it's the a war is going on to kind of like fairly together the the elements of the book which obviously most people are going to try and do anyway so especially with a book called (laughs) when the rain falls so we shall see what happens i'm looking i'm very much looking forward to it i think the next thing that we need to talk about is the company yes oh my goodness it's it's difficult it started off not that bad i guess it's complicated because there were two of us but that isn't even the biggest it's complicated because we live in different countries yes (laughs) well it started off being complicated because there was two of us that was the reason why we created the company because we were like "Mm, we need to be able to represent each other equally in this and we didn't want to put into amazon under one of us which is a lot of what what a lot of um, co-authors do these days is one author will take the reins and putting it under their name and using their bank account details and then they'll pay the other author as like sort of with maybe like a, a contract or something not yeah. necessarily a complex contract but just yeah whereas yeah. we were kind of like well that's not a hundred percent ideal the ideal is like 50 yeah. 50 for us and yeah. so and we wanted to future proof as well because yeah, it was one of those things yeah. like if it for some reason does incredibly well it becomes really complicated for like tax purposes and everything so we wanted a way to make sure we did it right the first time so future Ashley and Sarah are not we don't accidentally screw ourselves over pretty much although I still foresee like some potential issues cropping up in the future but yeah we've 
future doing the best as we can. much as possible with the knowledge that we have yeah and hopefully in the future if we you know if it does grow bigger that we have the resources to be able to fix any issues that we may have created along the way yeah but anyway so we went ahead to create Linderson Creations Mm -hmm. incorporate it into a company that itself wasn't too difficult no it was fairly straightforward I think New Zealand has a fairly streamlined process the main thing was working out like constitution, whether we needed one. Um, oh yeah, the and law stuff. Whether we needed to change like any of the shares um, and the allocation of shares, we probably could have looked into that a little bit more. But in some ways, it's fortunate that we kept them as they are. Yeah, because yeah. we might have to change that soon. <laughs> because if we had made them non-transferable, it would have been a bit tricky. Uh. That would have been hard. A lot of ins and outs of stuff that we had to do a lot of research on. Yep. So we incorporated the company. I started, oh, then we got the EIN number. Yes, which is very important for any of you people (laughs) who are not based in the US. Um, It's actually not, Amazon has changed their their way of doing things and you don't actually need, if you're not based in US, you can actually put your foreign number oh, okay. like we, we could have put our IRD number in or our business IRD for example yeah. and that would have been okay for Amazon the problem actually comes with Apple which I've discovered recently I think <laughs> you do need the EIN for so that was interesting however yeah I, I still think it's really good to have it like yeah anyways because then you may you just, as well it's not too hard to get you have to fill out a form and you have to kind of I think working through the form, we had a few questions. Complicated business stuff that we were... Yeah, it took us a while to learning. get them on the phone. But oh, yeah, you do have to phone it in, which is another... If you're in another country, yeah, you have to phone it in, which, yeah, took a little little while to get them on the phone, but eventually I did. Lady was very helpful. Yeah, so we got that, started trying to input the details on Amazon, <laughs> and then realized under... Because the tax treaties are made between two countries, right? So it's our companies incorporated in New Zealand and the tax treaty is with the US for Amazon. However, because I'm a foreign director and I own like 50% of the shares, it then discludes us in the tax treaty because you've got to have like most of your shares owned by like New Zealand for the tax treaty to come in effect. Yeah. It's very complicated. It's very complicated. Long story short, we're going to have to change things. Ended up making a contract for royalties instead. Yeah. Yep. So now and we're So now our public like our company is acting fully in the role of a publisher and we are <laughs> yes. authors of the publishing company. To our own company. It's fine. It's going to work out. It works it will well. Work out. It works well. It's just an extra hurdle that we hadn't foreseen, which kind of makes it's been good that we've had our cover design take a bit of time because it's given us a chance to work all of these kinks out in the interim, yep. which is definitely a benefit. So I think that really brings us to a close on our experience. Oh my so gosh. Far. Yes. Yes. Oh, 
And yeah, just like little things like in New Zealand, you don't have to pay for an ISBN, but you can only apply for them eight weeks out from your perceived publication date. So you can't really, there's like things that you can't do. Like you can't input to get your like calculations for your cover size and things on Ingram Spark without that. So there's like game. a specific <laughs> order that you need to complete the steps in. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just interesting. <laughs> it is it is interesting. Learning a lot, which is good. Yeah. Uh, so it should be hopefully smoother sailing for the next books, which is yep. another discussion we have to have about, you know, r- timing the release of the subsequent ones, like how long between blah blah blah. So that basically concludes our experience so far. We're not going to talk about marketing in this um, self-publishing episode simply because we haven't been through it so I don't feel it would be a fair representation for us to discuss marketing but we will at some point in the future be having a discussion about that so we will let you all know when that is available and what our experiences have been yeah maybe we'll we can come let you back know how it all works out over the next year or something so Sarah do you have an overall any overall feelings or takeaways from our experiences uh, with the self-publishing journey so far for me, as I said, the the whole thing with the tax treaties was the most <laughs> gutting because I felt like we'd set up, we'd gone ahead to like try and do things properly and set up a company so that we would both have equal say. And then now it's likely that I'm going to have to transfer some of my shares to Ashley. Yeah. So she's going to become majority shareholder of the company. But, you know, I'm kind of okay with that with the contract that we set up I feel like covers bases so that Ashley can't just take the company in the book and run as per se yeah. <laughs> not that yeah. she ever would but you know you have to think about these things when you're a For sure. like the worst case scenario Ashley mm-hmm. and I have this horrific fight and then suddenly she takes the book and starts publishing it herself and won't give me a penny or something like that <laughs> I can't really see that it's not in my future but... plans but you know <laughs> It's like creating a, a prenup agreement or something, but like for yeah, books. <laughs> but for books. So that's been probably the biggest headache for me. And I was like really gutted when it happened. I was like, I feel like we've gone down this journey. We've done all this stuff. We've like input all our resources and our time. And then another thing crops up. Yeah. Because it feels like the world is a little bit behind in terms of the law that way. They expect that if you're a global company that you are a massive big company but because the world is becoming smaller with the advent of technology you can have like small little businesses that are spread out across the globe and it feels like the the structure just is not there to support that currently which has been probably the biggest challenge that we've had being small business owners who live across the globe from one another yes the actual process of self-publishing it hasn't been too bad otherwise I've enjoyed the control and the creative aspect of it but yeah that was the business side's difficult it's just a lot to learn and you don't want to do something wrong (laughs) yeah oh we didn't talk about how did you find setting up a bank account for the business (laughs) it took forever forever it was an I thought it was gonna be like a half an hour meeting and it took like an hour and a half and the funniest part was the business plan which because 
had explained to the lady that it was more of a, for now, the best way I could describe it was a hobby business. But she made me input, like, I don't think I've told you this, she made me input, like, a summary of the novels, the audience. Oh, my goodness. Um, like, <laughs> what the characters were doing. Like, she quizzed me on everything oh, about wow. this book, where it's set. And so she's, like, putting it, filling it all in. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, what are your projected sales? And I was like, at least one. <laughs> she laughed. <laughs> And then she was like, we'll make it like a medium term goal because, you know, you don't know how your book's going to do. I'm like, exactly. So then we had to go through, do some quick maths about, because Sarah and I hadn't even talked about pricing or anything. So I was just, I had to warn Sarah. So if you see this number, it's just because I had to make it up on the spot. I was like, oh yeah, it's fine. It'll be fine. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And then we went into no. long-term goals because you have to put in a full business plan. She's like, in 10 years time, how many copies do you hope you will have sold? And I was like, I have no idea. You're like, in 10 years time, I hope to have published more than one book. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. I said, hope that we've got, you know, it's a series, there's more books. I hope that we'll get more of them out and then blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but so that was quite amusing. And it, yeah. And there was a lot of intricacies about that because Sarah's overseas, but we managed to work them all out. A lot of urgent documents that needed to be signed, but with like time change and the fact that it has to be emailed and then scanned and all of that was a bit lot, but it went well in the end. We got there. Yeah. We got there. Oh, okay. Shall we move on to mistakes of the month then? I feel like, yeah. Just abruptly ended. <laughs> There's a lot involved with the self-publishing, which I think you don't quite realize at the very beginning like oh yeah I'll self-publish it I just need a cover I need an editor and then pretty much ready to go but it's not quite (laughs) the case well that's how it feels like at the beginning I know yeah but it's not quite the case there's a lot to it and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will have had the same experience all these little things that crop up then you're like hi I didn't know about this Okay, yes, we should move on to mistakes of the month (laughs) before this becomes an unreasonably long podcast episode (laughs) I thought this might happen as well. Mm. So. I'm surprised because I didn't actually write many notes for this one. Neither did <laughs> I. Well, I kind of just did it all bullet points. And I was like, I know we're just going to get distracted and talk about it. So I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, it's been like a debriefing. <laughs> yeah. So four mistakes of the month. Most are, it's a mix from different chapters. So the first one I found yesterday when I was going over my most recent chapter that I'm writing. So it goes, with Achilles protection we will be unbearable Alexis said it was meant to be unbeatable which it kind of works but it's definitely not the context or connotation that I wanted for that sentence yes I can see how that kind of works but unbearable to the enemy yes (laughs) unbeatable it makes it sound like they're really annoying yes more than like pesky pesky yeah. little fly rather than what I actually intended to say that's so quite amusing my next one I didn't well I actually grammarly picked it up and I couldn't tell what was wrong with it and then I was like oh <laughs> that's what's wrong with it so the sentence is Simon tried to shrug causally instead of casually but it sounds like it's like some causative statistical like phenomenon like what will his shrug cause so it's quite amusing. It's another one. It's just like, oh my gosh, we're going to find so many. Yeah. <laughs> when we get to the edits of this book, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. It's also going to be really long. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going to be, be a process. It will be. My next one, 
is gas plumed up from the up deep cracks which surround an old woman sitting precariously on a spindly tripod up from the up deep (laughs) (laughs) it sounds intriguing it does up from the up deep cracks like oh dear okay another one of these (laughs) the up deep cracks one of those ones where you've rearranged the sentence a few times and then have failed basically yep I think I'd like to do the next one if that's okay. Yep, go for it. So we did have someone write into us with their typo, um, which a shout out to Dan Saunders, who was on our very first author spotlight episode. Hi, Dan. He discovered this in his book and thought it was quite amusing. The ear smile of roast pork instead of the air smelled of roast pork i'm like it's I'm like you know it's creating this happy atmosphere where the air is smiling because it's just so filled with like these beautiful roast pork smells <laughs> even the air is smiling it reminds me of uh the cheshire cat in alice in wonderland but it's like in the shape of roast pork is what i'm imagining like it's smile blinking through the dark i don't know why but i love it <laughs> That's great. And then I had one of my own, which just one. (laughs) As we all know, I haven't really done much writing. However, it's from my last chapter. By the tune, Cassie made it to the hotel. (laughs) Instead of by the time Cassie made it to the hotel. (laughs) I just imagine her like humming along or something. (laughs) I wasn't even sure what it was supposed to be. I then thought it was, I was like, by the tube? Did she take the subway? <laughs> by the tune, or as Americans would say, by the tune. <laughs> I love mistakes of the month. They're amusing. <laughs> so anyways, if any of you have uh, any mistakes that crop up uh, when you're editing your book or funny ones that you make while you're writing your book, please send them in. We'd love to, we'd love to hear from you and share our mistakes which can provide everyone with a little bit of a laugh I think sometimes they're really good (laughs) yeah okay so there are still a few spots left on our author spotlight section so if you would like to be on that then head over to lindersoncreations.com and hover your mouse over the podcast menu and you'll see a drop down that should take you to a form to fill out under the be featured on dear writer Next time on Dear Writer, it's our Culture and Creativity mini-series, and we are going to be talking about how where we write can influence our creativity. So that should be interesting, and we might even try writing in some different locations and see how our work turns out, which will be an interesting experiment. Yes, bit of an experiment for sure. If you'd like to know more about us and our writing projects, you can visit us at lindersoncreations.com, and you can go and check out our new homepage, which has our coming soon oh, yes so that'll be good so check that out if you haven't Brief seen it yet well yes a pre-blurb for when the rain falls <laughs> yes the pre-blurb or you can contact us on facebook or instagram under the handle linderson creations and if you enjoy the show please rate and review us on apple Podcasts or subscribe on your podcatcher of choice tell your friends about us and we'll be back next week so happy writing everyone mm-hmm.